0: What's up, y'all? This is Tony Powell, and you're listening to Powell to the People, a podcast, episode 176. Once again, the finest cast in the whole podcasting universe is reconvened to talk that stuff. When I want to know what's going on with the New York City transit scene, there's no expert I trust more than my cousin, Mr. Keith Powell. What's going on, Keith?
1: Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys feeling today?
0: And when I want to talk local TV news, there's no expert I trust more than my favorite director, my brother, Mr. Mark Powell's in the house. What's going on, Mark?
2: What's up, fam? What's up, world?
0: And when I want to talk New York City real estate, there's nobody I trust more than the man I call Mr. Eddie Kane Jr. The world knows him as Derek Powell. I call him my cousin. What's going on, DP?
3: Everything is good. Always good to be in the cypher with the cats. How you guys doing?
0: I'm fine. Did I, did I wake you? I'm sorry because, uh, you know, I was introducing everybody else. They're right on time. And I introduced you and it's you know, five, six, seven, eight. Before
3: you- <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm I'm right here. Y'all can't hear me? What are you talking about? No, man? no, no. no. Hear no you, me, me, me. I'm good, man. I mean, I don't need all this drama this early in the day, man. Let's get the show started.
0: Okay, well, we, well we, that's what we're trying to do. Just <laughs> want to make sure we're, we're, we're all on point here. So uh, you know it's uh this is a this is the day after uh, the playoff frenzy we had the uh, NFC and the AFC championship games this past week and and I want to take this time to apologize for jumping the gun for being a little premature and crowning Patrick Mahomes as the as the goat uh, last week I saw what was an incredible display of quarterback play by Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in, in an epic divisional game between the Chiefs and the Bills. And this week, I watched two different Patrick Mahomes. I watched one Patrick Mahomes run away with the first half of a football game thinking, wow, this is this is over. This is a blowout. I can go out and do some things. You know, I had some shoulder snuffle. I mean, most of the Northeast got crammed with snow this past week from a major storm, major nor'easter. Um, you know, go out and take my car out and that kind of thing. But then the second half was total trash. Pat Mahomes um, shit the bed. I believe that's the technical term. Shit the bed <laughs> um, in the second half, and and essentially, you know, ruined any narrative I had for him. He, he got he got washed by uh, Louisiana's LSU's Joe B. Uh, of the cincinnati no Man, no no Joe. no.
1: wrong he's down he was down with death row did you not see the black turtleneck and the chain around his neck when he walked into the stadium <laughs> he knew what time it was you didn't know what time it
3: was i didn't
0: know i clearly did not i mean he can't he can't he came to kick ass and take names so so uh i am apologizing to our listeners i'm apologizing to y'all because i you know, I called my brother out last week for for hating on Pat Mahomes, and now I'm sitting here eating crow. So if somebody wouldn't mind, pass me the Derkies, uh, Frank's Red Hot, uh, so I can <laughs> so I can get this crow down. Uh, but it's yeah, it, it it was an amazing, amazing uh, tale of two two cities. And then uh, I watched the second game where uh, the San Francisco 49ers were, was was taking it to the Los Angeles Rams, and it looked like you know, they were on their way to the Super Bowl for a I guess rematch, San Francisco and the Bengals, until uh Jimmy Garoppolo garopped. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and no. They no,
1: the- It was Mr. Aaron Donaldson when he got on the sideline and told his defense, We had to shut this motherfucker down.
0: Yeah, no, I mean you're right, Keith. I mean he definitely they definitely did. They put it on him, but I mean that interception that was uh, not quite as bad
2: as, as the Merlin? Pat Mahomes interception. But it was bad. It was well, bad. No, no. Yeah, it was bad. Well, the Pat Mahomes interception, which one? The first one or the second one? I'm talking about the one where he threw, trying to throw a screen pass. Oh, well, that one's, that's happening for it because, you know, guy knocked out. I think that was as the the Garoppolo interception wasn't as bad as the first round Kyler Murray. Remember that interception where he just, once again, it was Donald. Donald was on him in the end zone and he just... Damn, they well, threw it over I'm his back. head. <laughs> like, you know, you leave me alone, like a little kid. So that was probably <laughs> as bad. But, uh, but I guess it wasn't. It was as bad because of the time. You know, it was it was fourth quarters winning time. You know, versus what Kyler did in the first round. But, you know, he's he's just an all right quarterback. He's what Kirk Cousins would be if he had, Kirk Cousins would ever get you know pass a. a a round of playoffs. He's just okay. He's, he can't take you there. He can't. He can't bring you all the way there. But he can. He can get you to the to the dance. But you may leave with somebody else.
0: Okay, that's that's a fair assessment. Uh You definitely uh, leave with somebody else after this. So so that's where we are in in terms of NFL playoffs. You know, it's been exciting. I mean, I, I have to I have to say that that this round. Uh, this year's NFL playoffs has probably probably been collectively as a group. I think there's maybe like one game that was kind of a blowout, but the the majority of, of the
2: games. Well, past the first week, the first week was right. horrible. The wild card weekend was horrible. But then after that, it was after that. Epic.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, yeah, God. every single game was epic, and 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 uh, it showed the NFL in its best light. Now we're seeing the NFL in its worst light. At the end of the season,
1: Mm -hmm. true
0: light, uh, at the end of the season, there were, I believe, eight vacancies, eight coaching vacancies, Uh, seven or eight coaching vacancies, seven coaching vacancies. Uh, To date, an African-American coordinator coach has not been hired for any one of those vacancies. Guys whose resumes are unimpeachable, whose resumes are outstanding. Uh, we're talking about Byron Leftwich who is the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a guy who Tom Brady said he learned from um could not get a job and his at, at, at his own at the team he couldn't get a job he was he was uh, in the running for the Jacksonville Jaguars job and you know, the the early reports coming out in the beginning of the week were, oh, wow, this is almost a done deal. I mean, it's going to be Byron Leftwich is going to be the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I, I mean, that's the ideal spot for him. You got a young quarterback. You have a guy who's paid his dues, who's learned under Bruce Arians, and was a first-round pick of that very same franchise back in the day as a quarterback. Yeah. who better than him? Apparently, there's somebody better than him. And I think uh, like, they went defensively.
2: They, and and on top of it, I'm sorry to cut you off. They went with a defensive guy. You got a – supposed to be the second coming of, of, of the next great quarterbacks, and you get a defensive guy in there versus an offensive guy that seems really odd. Sean, who who they hired? Uh, I thought the I thought the coach. I mean, I'm gonna, while you talk, I'm gonna go look it up. I thought the coach they hired for Jacksonville was a def, defensive minded guy. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think it was like you know. Usually, you get you know you get these young quarterbacks you an offensive mind like. And I think the guy they hired is defensive. I also believe that the guy they hired for the Bears for uh, a defensive coach. So that seems odd. Yeah. You know,
1: as you're saying, Anthony, you had Brian Lefkowitz, Patrick Graham, Jerry Mayo, Brian Flores, Jerry Gray, Jim Carwell, Todd Bowles, Marcus Brady, Tyrell Austin. You had all these guys that should have been for these positions as coaches called upon but i guess they got the interview and that was good enough but you know we're
0: gonna pass pass your guys by and get somebody else it's crazy it's, a- it's egregious because three of the uh, uh, three of the guys you mentioned caldwell flores and Bowles were all former head coaches so it's not like these guys it's their first time around i mean they recycle mediocre white coaches all mm, the time mm. these guys couldn't get a job that,
3: that, and uh the name that uh that, that brought it to light for me, and even though I don't watch football, it's Eric Pahename from the uh the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. And he continues to interview, interview. He's like he's always the bridesmaid, but he never gets to get married and be the bride. And uh for me, and I know it ain't for y'all, when I when I continue to hear stuff like this, uh and I, you know, I go back with Colin and the systematic racism that's in our face—it ain't, it ain't like they hire; they're hiding it. This is just what it is. It makes it that much harder for for me to watch an NFL football game. You know, when you know you got guys who are qualified to do the job and don't get the job repeatedly for—and let's call it what it is—because of the 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 tan the of their skin. It's to me, I, I I just can't be a part of it. I, I won't do it. Their owners do not have to hire them because they're billionaires. Nobody can force them to do anything, and I get it. But it just comes down to a point where eventually it's like everybody sees it, but nobody, none of the owners budgets, uh, budgets on it, and they continue to do it the way that they do. I think the only one we got now is what Mike
2: Tomlin and Pittsburgh is that correct? Yes, that's correct. correct. He's the only <laughs> black head coach. Well, I will make me correction. Um, first of all, they haven't. Jacksonville has not hired any coach yet. Um. Right. Leftwich is on the list along with it. They got, these, according to the article I'm just seeing about 18 minutes ago, the list has a bunch of people on it, a bunch of coordinators and a uh, former head coach and um, Passaccia, the Raiders coach who took over for Gruden. The problem, I th- well, there's a lot of problems. One of the problems I think that they they run into is like a lot of these coaches, like in the case of Biennemi and uh, uh, Leftwich, <clears throat> they coached until the last game of the year. I don't know, but I'm not sure. I don't think you can interview a coach while he's uh, while your season's still going. I believe they changed that rule. They changed it so that these guys could okay. interview right. early. Okay, early I'm gonna say because that that because used to be. Remember back in the day, yeah. first of all, it meant Super Bowl yeah, used to be really real early. Super Bowl used to be used to be right, right around you know early or Jan- well, mid January. Now it's Mid-January. it's new, it's a, a Valentine's Day, so. And I think some of these coaches are sort of like the same thing, like the college programs. Instead, of, I think the rule should be this, and maybe stupid. You can't interview anybody until the season's over. I don't care if you got, you know, if you were 0 and 16, you got to wait, Super Bowl's over if you can interview for a coach. Because a lot of times these guys are so worried about not getting their guy. Well, I can't wait on Leftwich because he's coaching the Super Bowl. I can't wait on Left, uh, he's coaching the Super Bowl. I need to go get somebody now so we can get somebody in my building and start doing. XYZ because after Super Bowl, if you look at the timeline, Super Bowl happens and I think within a month, there's the uh the, the combine free agency. Free, oh, free agency. Free okay, it's a free agency, then combine, then draft. So these guys look at me. I can't waste you know, remember these coaches, I can't waste two weeks or I can't waste a month waiting on coach X. I gotta go get this coach, and that's a disservice. That's why I said you'd wait the end of the year, then we just open up. Listen, you go at that point, years over, then you can hire anybody. Because these coaches, these jobs that everybody wants, they're, in my opinion, horrible jobs. These guys live, like, that's one of the reasons why, uh, what's the boy's name, Sean Payton left. They're they working 70, 80-hour weeks. I mean, it's just insane. It's just like, I mean, I know you don't want to pull a spur you and say, you got to work that hard, and then you go in and you, you wet the bed. But I don't think that kind of life is a good life anyway. And I think when they these owners think these coaches got to be there, you know, 20 hours out of the day, they're not willing to wait because, my gosh, I can't wait a week for my coach? Yeah, you probably could. You know, I think it has a lot to do with with the black coaches, what
1: happens to them. They inherit teams that are so bad when they first get there. And with a football team, it takes time to build, you know, to get a real good team. And, And the record doesn't represent what they are putting out there to these owners, you know, they want to, we got to win now, but look what we got, you know? So we got a first round draft pick, which is a a great quarterback, but do you have the wide receiver, offensive line? Do we have the defense, all the stuff that's needed to build a winning program and they don't get those chances. So after two or three years, they're dismissed. You don't hear from them again. Then the next coach comes in and the team drives because the, the
2: building program has already been started. But that happens. I mean, that's the standard format for almost a lot. I mean, I know you said, yeah, it happens to black coaches, but it also happens to a bunch of white coaches because, quite frankly, you're not getting fired if you're winning. I mean, nobody's taking over. You, you rarely get the, the Tomlin situation where he takes over from a team. They, were, they had a down year, but they weren't too far removed from a Super Bowl. I mean, Ben had one Super Bowl in 2005, Tomlin comes in in seven. Yeah, two thousand seven. It was like it was like a, a, was like a, was like a, a mediocre year, but they, they had the thing set up. They had, you know, that super defense, his young quarterback. Yo, but you but not Kyle retired. You know you, that was. I know. I'm saying, but that's a rarity that you even get that situation. Most of these guys take over. a I mean, when Dungey went to Tampa, Tampa was nothing. I mean, they were horrible. And he turned uh, when, it around. He turned when uh, Denny Green, when he was uh, uh, when Minnesota, Ooh. they were bad. He turned them around. And at, at some certain point, you know, it happens with a lot of coaches. It hasn't happened in New England quite yet, but they stop hearing your voice. But I think that's a f- a function of coaches. Period. You on a crappy team, you know, you, you job opened up because guys are bad. Your teams yeah. are bad. I mean, well, Bengals. I mean, uh, what's that boy's name? Who's Oh my god, I forgot the former Bingo, Bingo coach who was there for like fifteen years, never want to play a Oh, game. I know oh, you're talking Mar- about Marvin Mar- 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 Lewis. Marvin yeah. Lewis, yeah. He yeah. stayed forever. He he was there for he, he was, you know, because one thing because the Bengals he were had, cheap. Yeah, yeah, the blackmail photos. That's why he was there for. <laughs> he, was, well, he he had the, he had the good fun, uh good fortune of working for an owner who was super cheap. So this guy was not about to pay somebody not to work. Like some like some teams are like, listen, I'll pay you not to be here because I want to go with the next. I think uh well, Dallas has done that before. Uh, San Diego's doing it now because they fired the coach, uh, Van Joseph. And I think, um, he's okay, getting... well, you mean, uh, I not... mean, the, for the he was like the interim coach no, when, uh, when Van Joseph was, uh, he was a coach, man. He was a coach before the – uh, Denver, you mean? Because mean yeah, Van Joseph was Denver.
0: I thought he was uh, San Diego. Me. No, no. it's uh, The other, well, I don't want to say the other black guy. Yeah, because
2: <laughs> he was. That's there, what like, it is. Like, You could say years, what it is. three years, That's what it is. Two, three years, and they fired him. Was and the other black guy. Guy. But I said you know? that, like most owners are not willing to pay somebody not to, not to coach my team. I, I pay you. I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna coach it the whole way through. So, yeah.
1: but I look at the you know, my my example. I look at is a guy from my um, the Dolphins, um, Brian Flores. Wow. He got yeah, a host. Man. He he turned that team around. He got the win. I think they went like seven and two. They last eight games or something like that.
2: Yeah, some crazy uh, name. But
1: then he gets fired. I, I, that's puzzling. You know, what's the
0: same thing is is, is true of, of of the coach that was in uh, Houston. Uh, nobody expected Houston to win any games, and and those guys played hard till the very very end. They didn't have talent, but they didn't quit on them. That's the, to me. That's the moment you say, I got to let this guy go. As you said, Mark, when, when, when the players stop listening. But as long as the players are playing hard and they don't quit on the coach, that means there's something there, something going on. That's just a function of let's get some talent here and mm-hmm. see what this guy can Dude, do. Right. And and black coaches, just like black quarterbacks, are never afforded a second
3: chance. Anthony, you will read, you will read my mind. The way they're doing these coaches, I was getting ready to bring up that same point, is the way they used to do black quarterbacks. When these guys come into the league, you know, they've been playing quarterback forever. Automatically, you know, you're going to put them at wide receiver. You know, you're going to put them as a quarterback, you know, because they thought that we could not think the game from that position. And that's what it was. So now you're putting, you know, you you got, you know, black quarterbacks. They're thriving. We show that we can do that. Now, when it's opportunities arising to coach these teams, oh, well, he can be the offensive coordinator, he can be the defensive coordinator, he can be a special teams coach or the runbacks backs coach, but we don't really want him running the show. For Eric, uh Eric me, the guy out of Kansas City, Andy King called the um folks interviewing him to let them know he's calling all the plays. He's calling all the plays. Exactly. He's calling the plays, you know, and he still can't get a shot. Well, we don't know until all the interviews are over, but they don't have to do that for white coaches to let them know that this offensive coordinator is calling all the plays. So, you know, for me, I I feel strongly and for what I'm hearing is everybody in the group is that, you know, it's it's done by design when it comes to getting these head coaching jobs in the NFL, unlike the NBA.
2: Well, well, another side note for the uh the coach of Houston and, and so probably we don't know these guys' names, but I, I'm gonna steal what Marcellus Wiley said, which was, you can see that how that one happened. Remember, he wasn't supposed to be the coach at all. They hired him because they were trying to keep Watson. So we just listen, and and Marcellus Wiley had a perfect example. He said, he said, you know, it happens all the time. He said, you know, I've I've seen it happen, and I've you know, I don't think he said he he was this result, but. He said, "Sometimes you get what's called a uh, I think use the term scholarship buddy, and it's like, listen, you want me to go to your school? Sure, but you got to take my boy. Yeah. And once you're once you're at that school, and say you decide to leave, say you leave early, you say classic basketball you go there, you're a, a four year scholarship. You take you know, the guy's best friend from this from this team. He's just riding up, you know, he's riding the high because you want him. So okay, if I give you two scholarships, so you leave after two years. Well, your boy, guess what?" he's suddenly his scholarship is gone. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> you were here only because I wanted him. Right. um So that's why I think that guy was hired with the hopes of keeping Watson, trying to appease Watson. And once Watson said, "You know, I still want out," they're like, "Well, and if you still want out, why do why do I got this guy here? I brought him here to keep you. So if you're going to leave anyway, then he's got to go. So no matter how of good of a job he did, that's the unfortunate circumstance. And he, and everybody kind of knew that too. Like, listen." And I remember, uh, and I don't like this guy. I think he's an arrogant guy, but he's a great coach. Harbaugh pretty much said that. Uh, John said, listen, basically he said to him, don't hire him just to appease Watson. Hire him because he's a good coach. He's a damn good coach. You're going to take him. You know, I'm going to you know, release him, but if you take my guy, don't screw him over. Don't just try to, you know, okie doke him because you're trying to, you know, satisfy some rule. You're trying to keep Watson. Give him a real shot. And what happened? Boom. They did that. They, they scholarshiped him.
0: Yeah, well, he, Harbaugh's probably going to get a job too. And then I was talking about uh, Jim Harbor. I was talking
2: about Jim Harbaugh, Yeah. yeah. I know. Like, I mean,
0: uh, John his, is his brother the is, is
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh John, yeah, Jim is Jim is going to get a job I think at some point cuz he's 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 highly regarded. I mean, the fact that that all the talk about the hothead coaches were, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, the Cowboys defensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. What did the Cowboys do this year? <laughs> didn't, didn't, they, did they get, didn't they get run out? Wasn't Dan Quinn the Cowboys defensive coordinator last year too? And, and No, he was no, no, the first, first year this
2: year. Yeah, first year this year.
0: But Kelly Moore was the offensive coordinator last year for, for a large part of the year until uh, they, they let go what's-his-face. I mean, I'm just saying, uh, you know, if you watch that offense and that defense, uh, you know, that 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 they didn't get that far. That Dan Quinn was getting looks almost, you know, almost, almost like almost like a, like a, like a, a knee jerk reaction, like a reflex. They said, "Well, it's got to be Dan Quinn. It's got to be Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Why are you talking about the Cowboys offense when it's it's not been a top offense?" And and Byron Leftwich can't get 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 love. Think about what I'm saying when when I say Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich is the guy that got Jameis Winston to 5,000 offensive yards, 30 touchdowns, including 30 interceptions. <laughs> yeah. sure. yeah.
1: But
0: Jameis couldn't see. <laughs> so he got a blind Jameis Winston, 5,000 yards with his
1: offense. You
0: mean to tell me that guy can't coach?
1: Mm-mm. You know, also, Anthony, they have what is called the Rooney Rules.
0: The Rooney Rule,
1: yeah. Which all uh, teams where there's a, a coach in vacancy has to interview at least one mi- minority. Which right. this came about through uh, Pittsburgh uh, Steelers owner, because at the time, black coaches didn't get no uh, interviews for a job, right? So that's the only reason they they did it, and they, that's so they that basically they going by that rule. Well, we interviewed them, but we're not going to hire them,
0: right? Which is insulting, and, you know. Yes. And the guys, you know, and the, 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 the 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 flip side of the argument is they. They say, well, you know, it's good. It's a good experience, you know, for these black coaches. They get to interview at the highest level and, and learn from that that interview experience. And then for the next job, they'll be ready and available. Yeah. Well, if a guy's been doing a job at a high level consistently, and you look at all, you know, talk about the hiring defensive coaches, this guy's like, you know, we didn't mention Leslie Frazier who's out
2: there. Yeah, right. We
0: didn't mention uh Raheem Morris who is going to the Super Bowl uh, uh I believe for for um not, is that Raheem Morris that, yeah, that Raheem, uh, I thought
2: Raheem, I thought Raheem a- no Raheem
0: Morris is, is at Arizona. Uh what's his face is at uh at uh at uh, Los Angeles.
2: Oh. Was, um, that the, was that the uh, the San Diego coach I think maybe. Damn, I see –
0: no, it's not. Yeah, you got to look it up. It's, it's, I, I, I can see him, but I, my, his name has escaped me. No, Raheem Morris was a, was, was a Denver interim coach. And now he's uh, – I think he's the defensive
2: coordinator for well, – Raheem for, Morris is defensive coordinator for the Rams. For
0: Arizona. For, for Raheem Morris is – okay. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's not getting no love. I mean, that defensive side – he's in the Super Bowl. He's going to be in the – he may or may not win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, you know – uh, let me ask this question I, uh, let me let's just put it in here and make it simple for for listeners Derek, you played basketball how long
3: damn man F- 40 years easy easy 40 years
0: 40 years okay so let's just yeah, 40 years from the time you child to to yeah okay 40 is a solid to, yeah from 10 to 15 do you think easy. do you think you understand the game of basketball yes Mark, do you think you understand a game of basketball? You yeah. still play uh, yeah. on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Grew up in the house, yeah. Keith? Yes, I do. Do you any of you think that you understand it well enough to say coach uh eight to ten year olds?
3: Sure. Yeah. I have done that. I had a championship team. And remember, oh, okay. I remember, I was an assistant coach with your dad for one season. All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: This is this is the point I'm 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 getting to. All right. Oh, okay. So you assistant coach, at, <laughs> at, 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 at <laughs> assistant coach to junior college. Yes. Um, and you've also coached your, your my your, daughter. Your sure daughter, right?
3: Yeah, for many years. Sure. Okay.
0: So you you think you understand the game well enough to coach it uh, to a certain level? How, could you coach a high school team? Definitely. Could you coach? Uh, well, obviously you just said you coach junior
3: college.
0: Yes. Do you think you can coach division? Two,
3: probably not yet, but I can definitely coach Division Three. There's no doubt in my mind. Okay, no doubt in my mind. But
0: but if you were given the opportunity to have uh, the head coaching job of Division Two do you think you yeah
3: and make it you, work? And you,
0: and you understand the game sure. well enough to make it work? Yeah,
3: make it work and be a winner.
0: Do you think? Do you think that you'd be able to do the same at a Division One team? Sure. You give me the talent. Makes, say it again. Well, I was about to ask you what makes you say that?
3: Oh, easy for one, I played Division one basketball. So I played for four years. Um I know the way the game is played. I know the defense is what's going to win games. You got a defense, you gotta rebound that basketball and you gotta make your free throws and your layups. I will always be competitive if I can get the, the my team to respond to that. I know what it takes to make Could you to to respond. go.
0: Could you could you could you do the Xs and Os on the chalkboard? Could you draw it At up? Could you draw up the plays. Yeah. In? That's
3: why I grew up. Yep. Okay. Goddamn plays don't the, I got a clipboard in my crib right now.
0: Sure I can. Okay, that's my point. Oh, okay. You have a league in the NFL that is 75% black, Easy. which means that these young boys have been playing football from pee wee league mm-hmm. to pop Warner to junior high school to high school, to Division I college, in most cases, majority of cases, I would say over 95% of the cases, Division I yeah. uh, college, and in the NFL, highest level of the game they play. average time in the NFL is four years. So at least four years of professional experience in locker rooms, in meeting rooms, watching film, doing film study from the time, uh, not necessarily film study from the time they their kids, but certainly in the latter part of their lives. So... Some of these guys decide after they've played the game all these years, they want to coach the game. You mean to tell me in a league that is 75% black <laughs> that you can't find somebody that understands the game at a level that they'd be able to coach the game and talk to a locker room that is 75% black?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Agree. Well, yeah. Now the crazy thing about yeah, you know, all that makes perfect sense. And the irony of like, say a guy like Tomlin, <clears throat> he's coaching for the team that you know started or or is the the reason for the Rooney Rule. When they hired Tomlin, they were essentially uh, exercising the Rooney Rule. I mean, Cowell you know, retires, you got to open up a search, so you got to hire a minority. You know, you got you got to interview at least one minority candidate. And what they said was, I mean, I at the time, I mean. Now I know the story. But at the time I didn't know who Tomlin was. He was I know he had, now I know the story. He was uh, he was on he was on Gruden Staff in Tampa. Then he went to uh Minnesota. I think Denny was there still. But he oh, was yeah, the, he was
0: with Denny for a hot yeah. minute and, I, and I don't
2: get- I'm not sure if he was the defensive coordinator or if he was the secondary I think he might have been defensive coordinator, but he's only there a year. And what they said was so you know, we we you know, we have the Rooney rule, we have to interview at least kind of he's one of the names that got popped up, so we interviewed him. And they had other people that they planned to interview. But what they said was he blew them away. He just blew them away. So they were like, well, why are we going to interview person XYZ? This is the guy. And what Gruden, which is funny now, you hear these stories about what Gruden said. But what Gruden used to do when he was down there uh, in Tampa was he would let certain, like the time, I think uh, Tomlin was uh, probably defensive backs coach or something like secondary coach, what they call. But he would let them run meetings on occasion. Listen, hey, you know, you're going to, you want to be a coach, you got to run these, you got to, You got to learn how to do this. So he would let those guys, let his coaches run meetings. So that little, you know, in Tampa, he's running meetings. He gets the uh, defensive coordinator for uh, 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 Minnesota and he goes to the, gets interviewed for the Rooney rule interview because of the Rooney rule for the Steelers and blows them away. That's the point. You don't know who you're going to get. If you only think, well, he can't be, or he wasn't a coordinator. I mean, he was on a coordinator for a year. If you interview, you, 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 you may interview Leftwich and and, and Bienemy and and Leslie Fretcher and, and some other defensive back uh Ken Norton's, I think he's a coach for, gosh, I forgot what team he's a He's a de- he's
0: defensive coordinator for, for uh for for uh Seattle, Seattle.
2: Yeah. You may interview all these guys or you know, the the Mike, Ron Rivera's or and they'd be like, Oh, this I thought this guy was good, but he's horrible. But at least give him the chance. You have to go in there with oh my listen. I got my list. I mean, we've all done it. I, I think, you know, I think I want this, you know, say car or whatever. And you may get to go, oh wow, I didn't realize this was here. This is I'd rather have this. This makes more sense. If you go in with that mindset that you could be blown away by somebody's presentation, then you get a Tomlin. But if you go in with, okay, I'm interviewing you because I have to, I'm just waiting for the next guy behind you to get out of my office, then then you get years of mediocrity or or poor teams like jacksonville is about to have if mm-hmm. I, I mean well, I just, you know they may not have but we don't, we don't know i mean they they've they shown so far when they hired that piece of crap a Meyer that they are making horrible decisions i'll
1: give you a perfect example Deion sanders never coached uh any level of pro but he goes to jackson state in his first year they win the championship he knows the game. He knows the players. That's, he they knows what championship. look for. They got, they got smoked in that bowl game. Well, you know what I mean. He took them from <laughs> – well, We got to be
2: truthful here, but yeah, he got to do it, bro.
1: But he but, took them from nowhere to somewhere. Yeah. You know, he never been a coach. Well, you know, suffer, I guess, with kids on the outside stuff, but as in a pro level, he never did. But he was given the opportunity to prove what he could do. And the same thing with the other black coaches. Give them that opportunity see what they can do for you.
3: But if you don't if you if you don't go into the to the meeting with an open mind, as uh, Mark stated, it, it doesn't matter. You know, if you already got your mind made up hey, look, I'm going to take uh, Mr. Williams over there, no matter who say what, you know, I'm just going through the process so that when I give my uh, submissions to the league, they'll know that, yeah, I did comply with the Rooney yep. League and this is who I accepted and this is the person who I uh, interviewed for the Rooney League, I'm good to go. You got to go in there and say, I need the best person for the job. And if you're not going in there like that, those guys are never going to get a shot because they already got their mind made up before they open the door.
0: Well, as Mark said, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I guess that's what life is for a bunch of chocolates.
1: <laughs> uh, that's
0: just the reality of, of where we are. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, if you, uh, you know, there's no, there's no second choice. There's no second opportunities. I mean, I, you know, I know uh, we constantly talk about Colin Kaepernick and, and I'm watching and I'm looking at the league and I'm, I watched Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday where they did everything they could to not let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball. And, I I had this thought this morning. I said, you know what? They they traded up last year to get into the top 5 to draft Trey Lance. What is Trey Lance? He's a large, mobile, cannon-armed, fast-running black quarterback. Seems familiar to me. Does it seem familiar to you? the, the, the San Francisco the team line. would want <laughs> would would want yeah, would want to have another fast-running mobile rocket-armed black quarterback, they already had one. Mm -hmm. They already had one, and that guy can't seem to get a job anyway. You mean to tell me that the Washington Redskins would not benefit from having a Colin Kaepernick for a year or two? Even if you draft somebody that you're grooming, two or three years, you might get something. You might get somewhere if there's a team that's close. They don't even bring this guy in just to say, "Hey, listen, man, you know, come on, we can cut you, but just come on in. Let's see what you got. If you still got it, he would gladly do it. I mean, you know, I, I, well, I'm super. I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to talk to you, talk for you, Mr. Kaepernick, but uh, I, I would think that if the opportunity was legitimate and real, um, he would do it. But but black quarterbacks don't get that second shot. You know, Geno Smith is is now relegated to being the backup. Why is Ryan Fitzpatrick constantly being sought after for jobs? <laughs> what what is I mean? I, you this know, is I bad, mean, man, know, this
1: is big.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we all know what he is—is a quarterback. But they're constantly seeking like, the fact that they call Nick Foles up on a regular basis to come in and 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 help and out, try to help a franchise help, help out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you mean to tell me that none of these teams could have used a Colin Kaepernick? None of these. I mean, even when you have teams that play a similar style i mean to me if you i mean uh if, if i was the ravens and i got a lamar jackson i think a colin kaepernick is a guy that's one happened no, no, just I, in case you're
2: wrong on that because they, they have they, rg3 no 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 no, no, no. rg3 he's he, rg3 he's commentating now the guy they have his backing up
0: he's it's very similar yeah. yeah he's
2: gonna be a free agent he's gonna get a gig because that's what the ravens did they when they switched to from flacco to uh lamar I mean, they, they couldn't be more polar opposite. You had a statue and you had a road runner, so they completely bought in. So what they did, which makes sense, if this is my primary quarterback, my backup and my backup's backup have to be playing the same system. I can't go from a guy who can do all these RPOs and run like a a, a deer, and then his backup is a statue. That that serves no purpose. We can't have this many playbooks, that many plays. We got to be you know something similar. So their backups. That's when 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 that uh, when uh, Lamar went down. That backup came in, and this kid, I'm no, like, I'm going, oh, and I'm right thing, the steel fan going, well, I know Ben's retiring. There's no backup there. I hope they can look at him <laughs> because this kid can play. <laughs> he can throw. He can run. And uh, he can do what RG3 couldn't do, which is slide. I mean, so that, that'll keep your ass on the field. I mean, that's what really keeps you on the field. It's, I mean, I, I, we, we marvel at the guys like uh, uh, Cam and uh, Luck and the new guy, uh, uh, what's that boy's name? Allen.
3: But you Draw don't down, so you yeah.
2: you can't you don't play long playing that way you got to get your ass down you can run but get down because these he sick and missiles don't miss that often and they'll take a they'll <laughs> take a penalty just to <laughs> send the message to you you <laughs> know <laughs> uh, it's 15
0: yards to get you out the game Yeah, so it's, it's worth this. It. It's a fair, fair exchange <laughs> yeah you know uh yeah it, it 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 is sad and I I I really do say I mean I I, I want to repeat it again you know the NFL um. Has, has really dropped the ball. Don't show me any more in-racism uh, stickers on the back of no helmets or or any of that nonsense. Don't be playing the National Black Anthem at any of these games or any of that nonsense when you're not really putting into practice what you're trying to sell. That's a marketing ploy, but it's not it's not a philosophy.
2: And that's a, Yeah, and, that's a marketing ploy. But the problem is with the NFL, unlike the NBA, is they can't afford as a league to – Essentially, shut it down. I mean, the NBA players can do it because guaranteed contracts, they got more right. uh, player empowerment. NFL, th- if their players, the 75% say, hey, we're not going to do X, I don't think they have the leverage to do it, probably in the CBA or just as a collective body. Because if your career is three to four years long, I can't afford to miss a year protesting. But if I'm an NBA no, player. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and, and that's, that's that's reality because the careers are so short and it's the. You're talking about uh, multiple, multiple bodies. I mean, in the, in the NBA, there's 300 players that have a unique set of skills. I mean, that that are unique worldwide. It's it's hard to find another 300 players that can play at that level. Whereas at the NFL, you may not get at at the top level, but you you know the the degrees of drop off won't really affect the yeah, way the game right. is played, unless of course. I'm wrong when the USFL comes out this spring and like,
2: oh, shit. <laughs> okay. you know? okay. you, you're gonna be 100 percent right. You're gonna see like, man, is this college? <laughs> I, mean, I know you guys are pros, but it's gonna look it's gonna look real bad. He's he's not he's not lying at all. My brother said, he's, yeah, the NFL is the tippy top, and everything else is such a drop off. It's like, mm. man, this, these still, yeah, I know they're pros, but this don't look like Sundays.
0: <laughs> not at all. We a little different. Uh, speaking of uh, Sundays and 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 sports in general, and and people just not getting it. Um, I think, uh, did you bring this to our attention, Derek, uh, Kwame Browns?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. That was, that was my brother. That was Keith. Thank you. Oh, that was Keith. Okay, I'm sorry, Keith. You always want to put me under the gun. Always want me under motherfucking pressure. No, I didn't do that one. Audience, thank you. Yeah, uh, Keith
0: sent us uh, uh, an article um, oh, about former. I guess he was like the number one overall pick, the Number one like pick Brownie by the Washington Brown. Wizards when uh, Jordan was uh, the
2: uh, GM or uh, whatever. The Washington he
0: was. Wizards. Yes, uh, Kwame Brown, uh, who, who has a unique life story and and a really really hard story, and I'm not I'm not absolving him uh, for what he said, but I, I do want to give context. Um, Dwayne Wade's son is. Uh, identifies as female, Uh, so it's Dwayne Wade's daughter. And Dwayne Wade's daughter, in in paying homage to the late Kobe uh, Bryant, Kobe Bryant died, uh, this is the second year, second anniversary of his death. Uh, uh, This this young woman wore a jersey dress, a Kobe Bryant jersey dress, which apparently upset uh, Mr. Brown, uh, he thought it was being disrespectful
2: to uh, this Kobe dance. Bryant's memory,
0: and uh, yeah, I mean, it is a dance. I mean, I, you know, because again, you, you, people are, are are hypersensitive. But I will say this: I'm going to say this in, in this regard. I had no issue with uh, this young woman, and I'm, I'm using the right pronoun. This young woman wearing this jersey dress that was a uh, Kobe Neither Bryant jersey. Uh, and a and a dress attached and, and this is this is this is who this person is. I don't, I don't know what uh, Dwayne's daughter's name is. I don't i Zaya. Uh, Zaya.
3: Zaya?
2: Zaya? Zaya Wade. Zaya, yeah,
0: Zaya yeah. Wade. Okay, so Zaya Wade, yeah, Zaya Wade uh wore this and I guess Kwame Brown in in a bit of cave mannishness uh, <laughs> thought he was uh, uh let's just say he, what he said.
1: You letting your woman control your house? Mm.
0: That's, quite yeah, that's what sick. he said. That's what he said. So he was talking about. I guess he was talking about uh, Gabrielle. Yeah. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Say a name. Say a name. Yeah. You know. And 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 again, it's 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 a function of of of. You know, we're constantly. You know, we we're all in a in a strange place. You know, and we have to, you know, uh, there's a, there was a lyric from a GQ song that says, if you must grow older, you got to get better. And I believe that. I live that. If you must grow older, you got to get better. And so as I get older, um, even if it's things that were were totally foreign to me intellectually or emotionally, I just have to accept it. This is what it is. And so Zaya Wade is identifying as, as a young woman. And this is the the way she chose to memorialize Kobe Bryant. I truly believe that if Kobe were here, he would have no problem zero at all, zero
2: problems with him.
0: with uh, the choice made. And so I just hope that uh, Kwame can get uh, you know some counseling, some schooling, some some knowledge, some information to to reassess his position. Um, and, I, and and again, as I said, Kwame has uh, definitely dealt with a lot in his life, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of trauma that's not resolved in his life. And I say all that to say that um, in our community, in our community, mental health has a tremendous value that we don't respect. Last week, we talked about uh, Regina King's son uh, committing suicide, a young man who seemingly had it all. You know, was a good-looking kid. Uh, his mom was a successful uh, actress and director and producer. Uh, he was certainly uh, the, the apple of her eye. And, and you know, all from, from the outside looking in, we just assume that that's a life that should be worth living. And then this week, um, we learn of uh, Chesley Christ, who was the former Miss USA, uh, 2019 Miss USA, who took her life in horrific fashion. She, she jumped from the 29th floor of the building she was living in to her death. And, you know, we were talking about it off the air. This is a woman who, as I said, beautiful and and capable. She was a lawyer. Um, from 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 the outside looking in, she had it going on, and you would certainly think, well, wow, that's a life worth living. Why? Would, what? What? What could drive somebody to that? And again, I just say that uh, you know, mental health in America is is greatly neglected, and it seems as though. These two things happening back to back in this fashion, and there's other stories that we're hearing about um, uh, uh, Congressman Rankin and, and a Democrat from I forget where he's from lost his child uh, just last uh, I guess it was last winter, last fall to suicide. It's happening at a, a tremendous clip, and 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 I'm not sure what's driving it. Whether it's the function of us of us being more aware of it or whether there's something else driving it. But uh, I just want to get you guys' thoughts.
3: Uh, Keith? Oh, sorry. Okay. Personally, what I – and this is Derek for the uh, studio audience. What what I think uh, happens a lot now is with social media, with television, with cable, with all their resources, uh, these – you know, a lot of folks tend to really consider – and believe what it is sometimes that people are saying about them uh, where their lives are being micromanaged in every you know movement of their day where somebody's watching them and they're doing this they're doing that and we're watching this and when we were growing up if somebody didn't actually see it or you had to get on the telephone and call somebody about it it wasn't like news that like like it It went viral. It went viral. It went viral. That's major. And that's a lot, a lot of pressure. When we got bullied, you got bullied in person. So if you was getting bullied from nine to three in school, you got home. It was over. You could get bullied from nine to three at school. And then when you get home and you get on your computer, you getting bullied again. It's like a never ending battle a or cycle. Point, right. Think about it. It's like they never, they don't get a break. Cause you know, I was thinking about this today. Cause I'm like, this lady is a beautiful lady she had the world in the palm of her hands and then when you look at the note saying that um it was something about i, I hope you you stay in peace or find peace or something like that and i'm like what what was going on that we didn't see because they don't never get a break first it was the paparazzi and then with the paparazzi you can go in you know you didn't have all the computer access but now with this access it just doesn't stop when you are a celebrity you are in the limelight you're just imagine and we were talking about uh Zaire Wade This is a 14 year old trying to find their way. They might be dealing with whatever they're dealing with at school. But now you got a grown man on social media going at her dad that she has access to see that comment. It doesn't stop for her. And all she did was make a choice that I want to live my life this way. I just think the access that they have to people getting to them too much is just overwhelming, is too much. Because I think um, Regina's son said, I think uh, he, he was going to shut down Instagram and stop looking at it because it just never ends. I think that's like, in my opinion, that's one of the main things that that drives them at that age bracket where they just say it's just not worth being here any
2: longer. Great point. Uh,
0: I, th- I think it's a tremendous point, Derek. And let, me, let me just let me piggyback on what you're saying. Um, all of our Kids got cell phones at some point in their, in their tweens and early teens. And what we didn't understand as parents, and I say we collectively, we didn't understand as parents, is is how insidious the cell phone was. I mean, none of us would have given our kids uh, a pack of cigarettes <laughs> at 12 or 13. We certainly wouldn't have given them a drink at 12 or 13, uh, or, or snort a cocaine or, or hit a crack. We certainly wouldn't have done that. Um, but we happily, you know, went on down to, to AT&T and, and, and
2: Verizon, uh, Verizon uh, T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint.
0: T-Mobile Sprint, and got these phones and, and happily handed them out because we thought, listen, I need to be able to get in contact with you uh, in case something happens. Um, you know, this is certainly after 9-11, in fact, right. you know, we we all were like, well, just in case something happens, we you need to have these phones. And we gave these kids these phones. And what we didn't do is we didn't exercise our power as parents. I remember when HBO first came out. Had the key. We were living in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, there was a key. There was a key. There was a cable box, a little yeah, tiny yeah, cable yeah. box. And two, on the cable box, yep. there was a key that could lock the cable box if the parents didn't want the kids to be watching it when they wasn't there,
2: right. yeah. And, and a quick little side note: I wish our parents would have taken that key when they left <laughs> us. Left me, left me. <laughs> yeah. So I have to watch The Exorcist. That's a side note. Just letting you know.
0: Yeah, no, but that's my whole point. That you make you are about to, you just opened up where I'm going with this. Um, without that key, without locking. The access, think about what a kid had that you did. And I, I'm, I'm so glad you said it that way, Derek, you know, the idea of being bullied from nine to three, great point, um, man. but, but it get all, you know, even that bullying, you, you have an older brother, that bullying could have been mitigated, um, if, if, if you needed to. Right. So, you know, it, it could have been stopped. It could have been shut down because it's, 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 it's person to person. That means you can bring somebody in and stop all that noise and not have to worry about it no more. And the bullying ends. But on the internet, you know, these are people who don't even know you, who are just taking, who almost like a in a, in a, in a, in a uh, relay race, just taking the baton and running further with it nonstop. Uh, I never mentioned this before, but I'll mention it now. Um, when I first got the radio, you know, I came in on uh, the radio under some, you know, controversial uh, circumstances, and every day for the first year and some change, uh, there was constant, constant, hor- I mean, like horrible things said about me and what they would do to me and what they would do to my family and the whole nine y'all. I mean, this is on a daily basis. Mm. And you know it almost be you know, but you know for me, I guess my mindset is one that I said, you know what, I I know it's there, I don't have to read it, and so you move on. Um, but this is a nonstop thing. So getting back to these phones, when a kid gets a phone at twelve or thirteen, and we don't, you know, uh, take the 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 key, so to speak, those kids have access to everything. My own son told me about seeing. A snuff film. Wow! On the internet, on the dark web, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't learn about this until years later. He said, "Yeah, well, I was traumatized by it," and all of them have been in some way, shape, or form traumatized by it. When we were growing up, you know, you you learn about sex, I guess, over time by you know by experimentation, maybe people telling you maybe an occasional magazine with you know somebody had a magazine they would bring and you would see stuff uh or you go to the movies and you'd see a scene and you go wow uh that's what it's like um, these kids have all seen the hardest of the hardcore yeah. Yeah. of 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 porn and 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 in on their phones. How dare you
2: besmirch have, my nephew like that?
0: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they have seen it all. You know, what they what they have been exposed to as kids, this generation is is we can't even begin to imagine. And so I say all that to say that with with these cell phones, the idea of Instagram of constantly comparing your life to somebody else's it's got to be depressing of constantly, always trying to measure up to a, a, a an ideal that you can't possibly measure up to. Again, as you said, growing up as kids, what was I comparing myself? I, only people I could compare myself to was the people I was around me. I didn't see any videotape of people who say, "Yeah, I'm here eating my fabulous meal at my fabulous place at my <laughs> fabulous. thing. I didn't see all of that. Even when I talked to kids who had, when I was in prep school, who had those fabulous lives. It was just left up to my imagination. I couldn't see it, so in that sense, I was never stunned or 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 shamed by anything I had or didn't have. I didn't know I was broke until I went to choke.
3: <laughs>
0: you really did underachieve. That's what I told you. I didn't realize how bad you had it. You know, that's what I'm saying. So, so, but now these kids every day are confronted with what they don't have, and it's, yeah. it's
1: horrible. You no, know, Anthony. Uh, to follow on that note, you know, we were talking off the air about suicide and how it doesn't have no race or uh, no age limit on whatsoever. Because we never know what a person is actually going through or what they are dealing with. Uh, people can smile on your face and you figure they got the greatest life in the world because they have everything. And because we look at allies that, we, like you say, we ain't have what they have. And why should they be upset and why would they take their lives? And I remember right. a statement by uh, James Paul Getty. At the time, he was one of the richest men in the world. He had everything, but he was truly unhappy, even though he had everything. Mm-hmm. So it starts from inside. The mental capacity of our minds can take us to places that I think I said last week that we can't even come out of or we can't even comprehend or truly understand. And if we feel sometimes if we go to somebody and tell them what we're going through, They're not going to understand. So we dwell on our own understanding and that just pushes us in a deeper hole. And it just pushes us further to then thoughts, hearing voices, assuming people are talking about us. As Dirk said, the internet, uh, cell phones, what people are saying. And your mind is racing with this 24 hours a day. You sleep, you wake up, this is on your mind. And you feel that Taking your life will just stop all this, but it really doesn't stop it. It stops it for you, but it doesn't stop it for your families and your friends and people who really care and love you because now they have to figure out why I didn't see the sign, why she or he didn't tell me. So it leaves a, a hole that can never truly be filled. You know, the, they said the young lady left a note. Um, she's leaving everything to her mother. But she left her mother with a hole. They can't be fooled. She can't. All that stuff, that's just materials
3: thing. And it don't mean nothing to the mama.
1: Don't mean mean a damn thing because she don't have her daughter. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand why she would do such a thing. Mm -hmm. And what blew my mind was she lived on the ninth floor in a 60-floor building. She went to the 29th floor. That means from the ninth floor to the 20 20 floors up, you had time to think, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I shouldn't do this, but- Obviously, she just said, "This is it." You know, her mind was set, or or wherever the pressure they have taken wow. her, it took her there, and and she jumped in an area where everybody would see her. That means she just didn't want to live no more. She just gave up on life, and you know, and you, and you never know why because the answers died with her.
0: <clears throat> wow, good point. You know, I've said it before. You know, and and I don't want to sound callous, um, but. You know, there's a lot of people. They say you know, suicide attempts are, are people crying out for help. You know, so if somebody takes a, a bottle of pills and you know and leaves a note, calls somebody and leave. You know, takes the pills, calls somebody, leaves a note. That that person is is in many cases hoping to be rescued. Um, you know, but it is it is a, it is an is the last cry for help. To do what she did, to do what she did. Is is someone who who clearly had decided that there is no other option, as you said, to press the elevator button. Let's just let's think about it. Press the elevator button. Wait for the elevator. Get on that elevator, and you're riding, and you're staring up at the as the numbers are you know blinging, you know climbing higher and higher and higher. And then that bell rings, and the door opens, and you walk off that. Elevator, and then I'm not sure where she jumped from. With yeah, that's why I can't figure out, to like,
2: you know,
0: Yeah, she... I mean, but wherever wherever she was able to 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 exit that building, she had to to make those that extra effort. Yes, yes, that extra effort to to get to a point where she could jump to her death. Mm-hmm. That is someone who has, has just said, "I can't right. take the pain yeah. anymore." I mean, and you then to your point, Keith, I mean. We don't know what somebody's going through on a daily basis. Uh, you know, I, I said that some uh, of you guys off the air and I'll say it to our audience, you know, we do have a family member who's a Ph.D. in in, in psychology. And I think maybe if she's a big fan and maybe we need to. I know she's listening. Uh, we're going to reach out to her and ask uh, uh, Chrissy if she wants to come on and maybe maybe shed some light on on what what's going on. Is it an epidemic? You know, I thought maybe. That, you know, in addition to social media and the cell phone and what it does to the brain and how it reshapes the brain, um uh to to a large extent, it does, it does change the brain chemistry uh from, from all the research I've read, is that it changes no, brain right. chemistry. In fact, like drugs. Some of the guys, yeah, it's like drugs. It uh it is dopamine. That's the reason why uh some of the same same behaviorists that they use to to design casinos were consulted when they were coming up with the smartphone design. The reason that you know, one of the reasons they tell you to turn the the colors off of the phone, turn your phone screen to black and white is it makes you less likely to play with the phone. Mm. Think about it. Says it just makes it less likely to play with the phone. When you're at a casino, there's a reason why the right bells right. ring and why the lights are shining and why all of these, the carpet is laid in such a way. Right it's a reason why you can't find an exit when you look for one. immediately. There's
2: that. There's no. it's not, yeah, there's not no, an accident, There's no know. windows in the casino. They don't want you to know what. They want. You- there's no
0: windows. So you, you know. There's no clocks. You have no idea what time it is. Right. There's no windows, and if you want to leave quickly, you know it's this is what you it's have. A this, a I, I'm, I'm sharing with the audience. This is what you guys have to do. If you if you need to get out of a casino quickly, walk to a wall and then walk along the wall until you find an exit (laughs) if you try to walk straight out the the casino was designed to funnel you back in (laughs) you'll be walking in circles back to where you just came from yeah so the only way to get out is to find the wall,
3: and then walk along the wall until you see an exit sign and walk out
0: the door i never i
3: never thought about that but you're absolutely correct all the times i've been there when it's time to go i'm like how the hell I get out of this, George? Like, Everywhere I go, ding, 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 ding. ding, ding, ding and then you hear somebody else getting some coins in their bucket, and you go, damn, maybe I could try over here and get me some coins. And I get jammed up, and then I get, I get to the point I ain't got my. As Biggie Smalls says, my pockets are like rabbit ears. I got to get the hell up out of here, man. And the exit is never convenient. I never thought about that. Good point, man. I didn't. Wow. It's to, yeah. You have yeah. to find them. I, I, the only reason I know this is because
0: I talked to, to 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 you know I worked in a couple of casinos and I talked to casino bosses and every now and again they'll, they'll tell you some stuff, you know. Um, so I'm just saying. I mean, there it there, there, psychology there, there, there is behavioral psychology at work with these cell phones that are designed. I, we all talked about the, the 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 Netflix special about about the uh, social dilemma. I think it was called. yeah, yeah, it was great and and they tell you they all, all of these guys that design the phones don't want their kids to use them yes. because they know what it does mm-hmm. and that's where we are right now and and it's not just that i also believe that this pandemic sure has placed people in such a funky state of mind um with gloom and doom the last 4 years and the trump and and just everything is very very heavy and the world is just getting heavier and then you, you open your phone and, and all of that information all of that negative information is constantly being reinforced. It is enough to even for, for people who have have strong a strong sense of self who are, who are who are mentally strong. it is challenging. It is a challenging thing to deal with and and so I don't have any answers. I would be curious to ask the questions and I think that's that's where we're headed next week. Uh, all I want to say though is that if if you are, you know, to the listening audience, if you are experiencing uh feelings of depression, feelings of, of isolation, feelings of loneliness, um, and you and you and you know you're feeling this. Right now, there everywhere you go, there's online, there's tele, there's teletherapy available. Uh there's a million and one sites online that, that can that can kind of give you somebody to talk to because it's 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 you know as bad as your situation or as bad as you perceive your situation to be yeah um it is a way
2: out yeah real quick so, so we on that on that on that rope uh the national suicide hotline hotline is uh 800-273-8255 it's 800-273-8255 if if you're there make a call give me that number one more time 800 Two seven three eight two five five. That's eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. And it's especially, you know, people with a little pigmentation. We tend to not to make fun of those things, and you know, oh, that person's crazy, and that person, you know, man. So, and you know, the last two topics, the the suicide or the mental health and the sexuality, gender, whatever you want to call it, letter brigade. I always say. Those things that are not talked about because those signs of typical weakness. I understand that the biology. I understand the reason why. Because if you live in a world that's telling you you're not anything, you can't afford to have anything really creep in your mind. You're like, listen, I can't, I can't afford to let these people th- think I'm crazy and or gay. I mean, then where am I going to be? But you may be alive, so it's a good thing that we do talk about that because you know we know people who are closeted who are like listen. I know you're gay, just. <laughs> i don't care just do what the hell you want to do but they can't afford they ca- can't afford to come out because of societal or uh, yeah judgment. judgment um sometimes it's financial reasons you know jobs go away when you say you're such such. When i'm watching I'm, I'm, i know a little button this up I and mean, we watch sports all the time it's the only way in the world that all these sports leagues a bunch of heterosexual males playing them so <laughs> you know there's some guys? Are,
0: no, no. The, yeah, the percentages say no. I mean, it just the odds are. But
2: I mean, it's just not the, logical you know, to think you, that way. Yeah, but we, but right. but you, God forbid, you know, we heard, you know, just I mean, the Michael Sam kiss made everybody uncomfortable, and I'm, you know, there are things I I, I hate. To, you know, I, there are things I can understand intellectually that I can't understand emotionally. Intellectually, I can understand the Michael Sam kiss. Emotionally, yeah, I can't. But maybe I sh- I need to understand. I need to see it so that it becomes normal we talked about the lack of uh minority coaches and or quarterbacks it's not unusual to see a black quarterback now but when i've been watching football uh since the 70s first black quarterback oh my gosh i forgot the guy's name was uh vince uh vince evans
3: and and also was a quarterback
2: yeah and it was also a quarterback for the steelers so when you know as you see these guys in the warm moons, and then I was so happy when Achilles Smith and then Don McNabb and then Michael Vick, all he's like now it's like D- oh okay. yeah, don't
0: forget D- yeah, D- uh, D- what's the Doug song? Williams, D- I forgot D- Williams.
2: yeah. yeah but that became now it's no big deal. We watch NBA games now. You see a, a female ref is like oh okay, no big deal. But remember when, when they when mm-hmm. they first had the first two it was like you knew you knew their names, you knew where they were. Now <laughs> I don't know who they are. I just know it's a ref. I don't even know. They're like oh it's, okay, whatever. It doesn't even cross my mind. So. Those barriers have to be broken. You know the, you know, it just has to be broken so that it becomes normal to see people doing normal actions, normal life stuff. And part of you know saying, listen, you know, my head's not here today. I'm struggling. Should be a normal deal.
0: Yeah. Right. No. It's. it's it, we do have to. As I said, I mean, listen. We, if you if we're growing older, we got to get better. We do have to evolve. Um, and you know, all we can do is what we, we we've continuously done on this on this program, this podcast. And that is, we just bring you the information and we bring you the best uh, takes on the information that we have. Uh, and if you've been listening for all this time, we certainly appreciate it. And we hope, we hope you continue to listen. Uh, but if you're listening to us, you, you're you probably one of the better informed audiences out there in podcast dump. Uh, we are not giving you false information or false takes or bullshit takes. Uh, Joe Rogan uh, we're not doing that <laughs> so you know oh, make sure great. you keep listening and, and and make sure you keep listening and make sure you subscribe you can find us anywhere you get your podcast um, anywhere you listen uh, whether it's uh, Pandora or Spotify or iHeart Anywhere you listen to a podcast You can get us Uh, And if you're not sure where you're listening Then if you have Alexa, ask Alexa to play Power to the people And she will put it right up Um, You can also find us on social media The aforementioned evil social media Facebook, Most Evil uh, you can find us at Powell to the people on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. I'm banned, but Powell to the people is not banned. It's uh, Powell to the peeps, P-O-W-E-L-L, the number two, the letters D-A-P-E-E-P-S, Powell to the peeps. Uh, you can find us all on Instagram, also evil, owned by Facebook, evil. Uh, but, you know, listen, sometimes in order to do good, you got you to get dirty and do a little evil. In any event, we will see you all next week.
3: Peace. Peace. <laughs>